Radio. Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And, and everything's coming up, Simpsons. This episode is brought to you by Boy Oh Boy. I mean, what it, what aren't we brought to you by? We're brought to you by... Uh, Video games. Yeah. Uh, Simpsons Hit and Run, uh, Simpsons Arcade Game, uh, and other ones that I was not allowed to, to play as a child. Oh, Julia. I know. We're, we'll get into it. Okay. Yeah. So this is a different kind of episode uh, than what you guys are used to. So we're not talking about a specific episode, um, but we're actually talking about uh, Simpsons video games. Uh, which I'm sure a lot of our listeners grew up uh, playing and, you know, fighting over uh, in the arcades. And uh, and just sort of like how those stories, because Simpsons writers wrote a lot of those stories as well, how those stories, how those characters uh, were seen through video games. Yeah, and uh, if you haven't played the video games and you haven't really looked into them, you are going to be very surprised to learn what the plots of them are. <laughs> I <laughs> <Because> can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> the names alone should make you chuckle. Um, and we brought on a friend of the show that we have wanted to have on for a very long time, uh, an expert of this topic today to us, mm-hmm. uh, Adam Conover. Hello. Hi. Hi. Guess what? I just walked in. Here I am. Oh, wow. Hey. <laughs> Man, oh. we timed that out perfectly. Yeah, sometimes we make the guest wait. This yeah. is so much oh more fun gosh. for you. We should always leave the door ajar. <laughs> the door ajar, a new podcast oh, on Feral Audio. Beautiful. It <laughs> does sound like a telenovela. We should do that as a side one. It does. It does. Adam, thank you for being on the show. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So, uh, I mean, first of all, obviously, you came on wanting to talk about Simpsons video games. I am going to take a wild guess and assume that you also like the Simpsons TV show. I love this I love the Simpsons TV show. I mean wow, that I, was there was tension in that pause. <laughs> I was really waiting no, for I, where this is going. No, I don't like it. I, I'm Only really video. more of a family guy. No. It's, no I, That's I, your equivalent of I prefer the books. Um, <laughs> you know, I only play the video games. Uh, the TV show is real trash. I love the family guy NES game Stewie versus the giant falcon. Oh. <laughs> is that real? No, no. but it's ah! so close to it's what so Close I'm, to gonna, I'm gonna say yeah. that the entire episode is that real? <laughs> they're they're all the, that was not real. The ones we will talk about are real. Uh, but yeah, I grew up. I mean, obviously, I I love the Simpsons. And the Simpsons, I think, is one of those you know thing as a comedy writer that just informed how I write comedy. Oh, it like taught yeah. me how to write comedy. That and the Daily Show and like uh, you know Kids in the Hall and so. But really, oh. the Simpsons is like in terms of joke timing and everything and and like how you know like the way you can the ways you can surprise people you know it's mm-hmm. like but honestly I didn't the reason I suggested video games was I I was uh, I was like intimidated by the prospect of having to choose an episode and talk about it because I'm like oh my god there are so, I don't I love the Simpsons I don't feel like an expert Simpsons fan I just grew up watching it every week you know what I mean uh, I every day uh, er, there was a channel the Fox affiliate in my uh, town growing up on Long Island uh, played reran two episodes of The Simpsons every day at I think 7 and 7.30 um, and so I watched two episodes of The Simpsons every day for like four or five years. It's so funny that you could watch two episodes every day and still not feel like an expert because that's just how like vast The Simpsons it's world so is. If there yeah. was any show that you were watching two episodes a day like I do with Spin City you'd say you're an expert. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway 
away. Save that for the Spin City. Podcast. I just, I just feel like I was like, you know what? I, I love video games, and I also grew up playing, you know, Simpsons video games as well. And I was like, maybe that's, maybe that's something I can find my niche. You know, I don't want to go toe to toe. If you say go to a Simpsons trivia night, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna get, you know. Same right. here, actually. Yeah. We've yeah. talked about this a little bit on the podcast hey, before. Watch Al- it. Although Julie and I are <laughs> going to be hosting Simpsons trivia at Max FunCon. Uh, although we still love Feral the most. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a weird topsy-turvy cats thing. and dogs getting uh, wow. along together kind of world. Listen, all I'm saying is I, f- I feel the most about The Simpsons. I don't necessarily know the most in terms of like how many pages are in the diary of Lisa. Like right. I just don't know. The I don't minutia, know everything. I think the minutia is kind of irrelevant and some people who come to Stonecutters at Meltdown, the Simpsons trivia show, will be gasping in their cars right now uh, to hear me say that. But I, I'm more about the broad strokes of the storytelling and the broad strokes yeah. of what the writers intend for the characters to be. Yeah. Which I think is probably more important. Can <laughs> I don't I, know. Can I tell you my, my personal favorite piece of Simpsons trivia? Not my yeah. personal favorite, but this is how vast it is, right? Mm-hmm. When I was like 25... A friend of mine, like on my birthday for Facebook, would post, he would post, uh, you sold us out, Conover. Do you know this line? No. So he would post, you sold us out, Conover, after the two or three years. I was like, why do you write that every year? He said, because (laughs) in the episode of The Simpsons where they go to, I believe, Australia, there's like, they are somehow holed up in like the embassy or something. There's some like government functionary and that character has a full name that's like Pete Conover or something. I don't know why. I don't remember his first name, but the yeah. name, the, the last name of the I character. It's Adam. Oddly, uh, no, it's not. It's not. I would remember that. That's the one name I would remember. But like the the name, the last name of the character is specifically Conover, which is not a common last name by any means. It's, no. it's a uh, and so it's like it's like one of the writers must have known a Conover or something. There's like no reason mm-hmm. that you would just randomly name the, the the guy Conover. And also they say it weirdly often. And so there's a point at which like I guess the guy like the guy like reports to the like they have to flee because he's betrayed them or something. And Homer yells, "You saw." us out Conover that to him. so funny. And it's such a weird bit yeah. of truth that this guy, it's not an important character but he has a full name and Homer says it. I love it. And it's my name. Yeah. I love it. I mean, so we talk a little bit about how like there are certain lines from The Simpsons that kind of resonate with us and we can kind of like lump into our daily, you know, lexicon, like our, our verbal tics. For me, uh, it's, you know, standard Boo Earns is a great yes. thing that you could just drop into a conversation. Boo Earns is, uh, Boo Earns comes to my mind as well. Yeah. It's sad. It is sad. <laughs> Though it's supposed to be, I mean, in the context of the episode, it's supposed to be, I guess, joyous of, were you saying boo or boo earns? I yeah. was saying boo earns. But I also like, enjoy your death trap, ladies. Um, I don't know. I don't know which that is, uh, Homer, he is trying to find a new bar. I forget exactly the title of the episode, but he, he like is banned from going to Moe's anymore. So he's trying to find a new bar. And he goes to, I think, like a Cheers like bar. And then he goes to another bar. And then he goes ah, yes. to um, uh, the a last bar, which is very obviously like a lesbian bar and he's like standing there and there's like bumping EDM and like he's just surrounded by women and he goes huh there's something different about this bar I can't quite put my finger on it and then he pauses and thinks and goes this lesbian bar doesn't have a fire exit enjoy your death trap ladies and he leaves but I feel like that's a fun line that for some reason pops up in my head when I'm like leaving a place and like fuck you guys like enjoy your death trap but it's just you know again like I could say that you didn't recognize it like I think Allie barely recognized it and so it's it's so vast you can just pick you know 
yeah. little tiny things. It's, it's a good, what, what, what were you about to say? I was about to. <laughs> I'm moderating in a really weird way. I love it because yeah, we told you. I was about You're to the host now. transition. Woo! <laughs> so uh, the topic today, as we said at the top, is video games. And so something that's really interesting is just like, let's take a moment and think about what you might want the first ever Simpsons video game to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the core family. You could do so much. Although the first video game would be 1991. So The Simpsons has it's still somewhat new, although it's obviously a big phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And you know, Bart was obviously the centric character. So maybe maybe like a skateboarding game, or maybe uh, Bart is trying to do pranks, or you know, something like this is is at least what I would think right. the first video game is. And instead, the first video game is called. Bart versus the Space Mutants. Yep. this I owned this game as a child. Um, and if, well, the weird thing about the video games I owned as a child is I don't remember how I got any of them. Like I, But I must have been like, I like the Simpsons, and I like video games. Memory. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I want this game. This game, I played it last night to refresh myself, but I played it a lot as a child. Um, and by the way, if you want to see a clip of it, if you go to my Twitch page, twitch.tv slash adamconover, click videos, you can find a, the archived stream of me playing it drunkenly at 11 p.m. last night. It's one of the worst games. <laughs> it's one of the worst games ever made for, you know, for really weird and specific reasons. Um, the plot is bananas. Yes, it is. And it, you know, this isn't even like Kang and Kodos. Like, there are no aliens that the Simpsons have ever had on the show. It's just that these aliens are going to take over the world and Bart needs to save the world. Not even Springfield, really. Yeah. yeah. Like planet Earth. And They're, Kang and Kodos had been introduced by this point, right? Because I'm not sure. They, it would have been. I don't. Two no. seasons in, right? Well, 91, yeah. Well, 91, so we're three seasons in. So, I just remember uh, Treehouse of Horror is season two, and I think that the first intro to King and Kodos was Treehouse 2. Let's I'm look at that. real nerd right now. Year three. Well, but yeah, these are just generic space mutants that like are drawn in a Matt Groening style, but are not any specific things that you would have ever seen on the show. And the opening cinematic is like... Um, uh, ha ha ha, the Earthlings won't suspect. It's like they're turning themselves into, these aliens turn themselves into people, and then Bart has, uh, like, glasses like they live that shows him that, like, the the, the, the people are secretly mutants. And then there, there's a little digitized sound where he goes, like, cool, man. There's a couple digitized, <laughs> he, like, sees them, and he's like, or he goes, ay, caramba, but it sounds like, ay, caramba. Amazing. You're like that. And then every time you die in the game, it goes, Eat my shorts. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But so then the aliens, the next cinematic is, you should at least go look it up on YouTube if you if you haven't. The, the next cinematic is these two aliens, and they're, and they're saying, ha, 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 we will take over our machine. We, t- we will take over the world with our machine, and it runs. The only thing it needs to run are purple objects. <laughs> we have made a world-taking-over machine that requires purple objects to, uh, to run. And then the, your objective in the first game is your wa- in the first level of the games you're walking around Springfield and you have to eliminate everything purple from Springfield in order to protect Springfield from the space mutants. So you have a spray can. That you- sounds a little homophobic. <laughs> and it's weird because they were also in Minneapolis Prince. where Prince lives. <laughs> yeah, so it was like double whammy. You have like a spray can. You go spray a, a purple mailbox uh, red. You if you see weird. a purple guy, you would spray him with spray paint. There's 
like um, there's a lot of paint involved stuff. There's like purple bird. <laughs> there are purple birds that you have to make fly away by throwing a cherry bomb at them. Oh, I have so many questions about these creative choices. It's I really feel like weird. they spent so much time on the world building of this insane world and then stopped at purple objects. You couldn't call it. I mean, even James Cameron had unobtainium, which is the laziest bit of writing yeah. ever. But the, Good the, lord. The cool thing is. And and here's the thing about the game. The game only has five levels long. I was never able to get past level two. Because it's extremely difficult. It's extremely difficult. One of the reasons it's extremely difficult is because the this is the only video game I've ever played to do this. The run and the jump button are the same button. What? So if you want to run, you you play Mario. Sure. Right? You want to do a long jump, you hold B, and then you get to the end, you also press A, right? That's how you do a long jump. In this game, if you want to run, you have to hold you have to jump and then keep holding A. And then run forward, and then you move faster. But then if you need to do a long jump, you need to quickly take your finger off of A and press it again. Weird. Which means that you slow down before you do the jump, and makes all the jumps extremely difficult. And in the game, if you get hit twice, you die. And there's a lot of very difficult platforming in the game. So I was never able to get past like the the extremely difficult platforming in the second level. And so this is one of those games where <laughs> it's crazy. You've spent a, you, your parents spent 40 bucks on a game when you're a kid, and you cannot get past... You know, level two. But level one is actually this weirdly, like, creative. It's one of the strangest games um, because to get rid of the purple objects, everything is like a little puzzle, right? There's these little environmental puzzles. So, for instance, there's a clothesline with with um, towels on it, and you hop across the, t- the clothesline, and then the towels fall off, and they cover, like, a purple ball or a purple toy. Mm-hmm. But there's also a part where there's, like, a movie theater where it says showings at, at, uh, at 4 o'clock. And if you wait for the timer on the game, to go down to 400 seconds left, sort of like a Mario-style timer, someone will come out of the movie theater and they'll be wearing purple and then you'll spray paint them. Oh, And so right. there's like this cool, like, these cool, like, adventure puzzles, but for this bizarre purple, and none of it's explained. The only way you would know that any of this stuff would work is through the most painstaking trial and error or your friend tells you or, you, or like Nintendo Power or something that you read a magazine. Um, it's, it's the, we- it's, it's it's so creative in like the weirdest wrongest ways. Yeah, that's so curious. I wonder how many uh, levels there are total in that. If, if if no one could get past like the first there's couple, only, there's so a there, to, there's a total yeah, five. of five. Yeah. Wow, really? Yeah, because I was gonna say that like maybe that's just them. In the same way of the purple objects being lazy writing, they just wanted to half-ass it that way of like no one's gonna get past level two, so we can just have like auto squatting in a warehouse in level four or something, <laughs> like the empty shell it, of what it a level could be. Totally feels like they ran out of gas after the first. Yeah. Level. The first level is very rich and has like it's got weird stuff where you can buy a whistle and then you go past the Springfield retirement home and in the first level they've got a whole bunch of landmarks they've got most tavern they've got uh the bowl the bowler it actually be called barney's bowlerama like barney owns a bowling alley way to go barney yeah look at that a a bank gave that guy a loan so anything is possible and you have to shoot his purple sign with a bottle rocket so it lights up and and is not purple anymore and then they've got the retirement home if you blow a whistle in front of the retirement home like this shitty little grandpa simpson sprite will top out toss will pop out and throw money at you, you know? Oh, my God. Which is like Much kinda... like in all my favorite episodes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. His signature move. Their Jebediah Springfield is in it. For, for some reason, I don't know why, every Simpsons NES game, like one of the only 
actual episode references they put in any game is always Jebediah Springfield heads are like oh, in funny. almost all the NES games it's like here's Jebediah Springfield heads as though that's the most memorable thing in any Simpsons episode is that is Bart cutting off his head right that is so interesting especially since for most children watching the show I mean a statue is so far from their favorite character <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> L- speak for yourself literally you shoot a bottle rocket at Jebediah Springfield's head to get a bird to fly away and then the statue talks to you and it says good work young Bart the best way to get ahead in life is to get ahead or something. That's <laughs> Wow, Austin Powers read that off. <laughs> well, this statue favoritism lines up with Trump. Isn't it around this time? <laughs> yes. That's, you know what? Maybe I don't finish my sentence. No, please. No, no I was going to say it lines up because around that time I remember uh, Lisa dressed up as a totem pole for Halloween. Oh, See, that was true. a stretch. I should have stopped while I was ahead. <laughs> hey. Oh. hey! So, Julia, how many, if you could guess, and if you haven't already looked it up, how many video games uh, do you think the Simpsons have made? 12. Uh, 27. Whoa! And before we go further... I left, when I said 12, Adam like physically like leapt up in his seat a you little did. bit. You were pretty close. Ooh. Yeah, it was pretty close. Oh, cool. Uh, two digits. Hey. There are only so many of they're, them. They're, <laughs> and they're, here's the thing. They're all so bad. Yeah. Um, there is... I have a personal opinion on what I think the one good Simpsons game is, but I think we should leave it for the last one that we talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and you guys can make your guesses as to what you think it is. I bet I most people will agree. I'm also this curious. Oh, one. sorry. Uh, I'm also curious if there are any like uh, specific video games that like are huge in a certain country or something would, like mm. this is Finland's favorite Simpsons game. Like, I want to know uh, about that. That would, that would be because somehow Finland didn't get any other video games. Yeah, it was their true. only video game. <laughs> Side note, isn't Finland obsessed with Conan O'Brien? I feel like I Aren't saw. Aren't we all? Yeah. I mean, but I feel like I saw some special. Do you remember this when he like visited Finland or something? Uh, it was they, because he looked like their prime minister or something like that. <laughs> That uh, must have been beautiful. it. <laughs> I remember reading recently, now I can't remember what country it was, but there was a movie, I can't remember the movie or the country, but there's a movie about a baby that gets loose that came out like 15 years ago. About, it was like a baby on the run or something. It's about a baby that like crawls around and has Baby's adventures. Baby's Day Out? Baby's Day Out. Oh Baby's my gosh, really? <laughs> there is a country somewhere in the world, I forget which country, uh, I believe it's like sort of maybe like an Eastern European, like Slavic sort uh-huh. of speaking country, where they became obsessed with Baby's Day Out. It's the biggest movie there. And so they funny. made like their own video game based on Baby's Day Out. Oh my gosh. And it's really weird. You that can... reminds me vaguely of season one of Documentary Now with that, um, uh, what's the mobster uh, festival that they had? Oh, right. Um, fuck. Damn can't it. remember. I can't remember, but it was so fun. It was fun. You, you should have been there. Should we talk, should we talk about a different game that I had? Yes, but before we do, I just want to quickly list all the names of these games. That's and, a good idea. Uh, just to paint a picture. So we already kind of get the idea of Bart versus the Space Mutants. And we'll go into this just because I believe this is one that you played as well, Adam. Uh, the next one, which we all know if we've ever gone to a Boomers or uh, I guess that's a local reference. If we've ever gone to a an mini arca- golf a mini- or yeah. an arcade in our lives, you have probably played the Simpsons arcade game, Hell which yeah. is iconic. It is so ridiculous, and we'll go into all the specifics later. After that, you think, like, okay, they learned... Nope, Bart's House of Weirdness. Then <laughs> Bart Simpson's, we don't know who he is anymore, it's Bart Simpson's Escape from Camp Dudley. <laughs> we dropped Wikipedia Simpson. wrote this, I love it. <laughs> Bart versus the world. Bart yep. versus the juggernauts. Bart meets Radioactive Man. Bart's Nightmare. Krusty's Funhouse. 
Bart and the Beanstalk. Virtual Bart. Itchy and scratchy and miniature golf madness. Virtual Bart is so crazy. And it's a non-VR game, of course. Like, like so, uh, the, the plot of... Uh, I, I was trying to play Bart versus the World last night. I couldn't actually get it to work, but I was able to... I watched, like, a video of it. The plot of Bart versus the World is that, like... Uh, I forget why Bart is traveling the world, but there's like different versions He's of mis- there's different versions of Mr. <laughs> Burns in every country, and so the first one's like Bart goes to China, and then Mr. <laughs> Burns is it's so racist. Mr. Burns is like my cousin Fu Manchu Burns no. will stop him, and then it's like a Mr. Burns. It's like Bart is on like a Chinese junk ship, you know, and there's like a Mr. Burns with a Fu Manchu mustache, no. and it's really was it's really weird. Before, that was the second game. Was that before or after Senor Spielbergo? <laughs> That would have been before, because it was only like 1992, I think. Well, there we go. That's Uh, where they got the idea. (laughs) Uh, I just love the the lengthiness of Itchy and Scratchy in Miniature Golf Madness. Uh, And then the Itchy and Scratchy Scratchy game. What? What? And then the Simpsons Cartoon Studio, Virtual Springfield, which, listeners, you know I love this game so deeply. It's not even really a game. You just kind of like explore the the or something. uh, Not even as as in-depth. You know, that game, I've talked about it before, but basically it's a CD-ROM you put into your Microsoft computer, and it's just all of Springfield, and you click on a location, and then you get to kind of hang out there. and like. Which the, one is this? What's Virtual that? Springfield. Virtual it was just Springfield. A, it was just a CD-ROM game. Oh, a CD-ROM. So it was kind of like Carmen Sandiego. There was, it was exactly <gasps> like Carmen Sandiego. I there Carmen were a lot Diego. of fun games, sort of after Mist came out, uh, oh, if you guys yeah. remember Mist, yeah, which yeah. is, you know, the sort of exploration, just this world to explore with <laughs> puzzles. more there were, my screensaver than a game I played. It sort of existed in the background. I'm a huge Mist fan, which really? is a different pot. I guess I my own podcast about how much I love Mist. I've played all, every game in the Mist series. But um, there were all these games that were sort of more like CD-ROM experiences. I love that. Which were just like, you just click around and like see That's little movies. Fun. And I, remember I, I missed I, that. I had a Monty Python game <gasps> when I was a kid that like I bought just because I liked Monty Python. And it was just like this little interactive the set of screens. You click on one screen, you go to another screen oh this one looks like a terry gilliam one this one you click you click this door and the spanish inquisition guys pop out and say oh, no one man. is supposed to spanish inquisition they're little clips and stuff you know it was like you you know you look at that while you're taking a break from your microsoft Encarta encyclopedia <laughs> you know i love that yeah those are really nice gosh was, i miss that age i i also miss um and this is completely off topic but uh the magic school bus had like a really great cd-rom game oh. do you guys remember playing this i never did i uh i love that era of games though so i'd love yeah. to Find this it is a very. It. This is. I have to say, I spent a lot of my time playing video games, thinking about video games, listening to video game podcasts, thinking about video game history. As an extremely unexplored part of video game history is you're right, mid '90s CD-ROM, CD-ROM game. games. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And so, Julia, tell us a little bit about Magic School Bus. So, Magic School Bus. I mean, this was something that I remember, um, like just existing at my school, actually, and it was like sort of a, you know, you finish your hooked on phonics a little bit early, you can go <laughs> to the computer. The PC and play a little magic school bus. Um, and it was great because I remember there being this one level where they're in space and so you're kind of bouncing around and you're zero gravity and you have to like scoop up things. And it was just very like rudimentary, like you jump, you hop, you run, you know, and you're just like skipping things. But there was something about it being tied to certain episodes doing more work than what I'm learning The Simpsons did with their video games. But it, you could be like, oh, I've seen that episode. And now, like the episode where they go into Arnold's body, that was the a most whole level. Famous episode. The most famous far. episode. Uh, and we learned that he Did it make anyone eating... else horny? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Oh, I can't. I, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> you uh, know what? Off of that, let's take a break. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a great break. It was a great break. Oh, Allie. wow, that was quick. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we, you know, we are very efficient Ten over Ten minutes isn't quick. Uh, can, we, can I talk about a couple more games that I, I'd love to remark upon? Of yes. course. Um, so another one that I owned, before I get into a couple that I just tried last night, uh, I also owned Krusty's Funhouse. Yeah. Really weird. Again, I don't know why I had this game. It was like an age where I also owned... I also owned this game called Yo Noid, which was based on the Noid character from, <laughs> yeah. from Pizza Hut. And it was like this sort of reskin Japanese Noid. game. It was like the Noid walking around with the yo-yo bopping things and stuff. I would literally, I guess, just see ads for video games in magazines and yeah. be like, Mom, can we get this one? Like, I, I, I have to quickly just jump off of this one just because so rarely do food things make video games. My favorite computer CD-ROM game uh which is redundant, was uh, the Cap and Crunch game, and Whoa. you play as a Crunchling, oh. and it was so fun. Wait, oh was, is this was this like a first person shooter? Um, oh, I'm thinking no. of something else. It was it was a it was a side screen game, and it was so bizarre. And you would be a Crunchling, and then you grow into a teen Crunchling, and then you would become an adult Crunchling. There that was so like, much stuff. Did you like get that randomly in the mail or something? Yes, I did. Yeah, I feel like there's also yeah. like a, a huge chunk of a lot of our childhoods where it's like we happened upon these things that should have just been promo <laughs> items, but then yes. became like the center of our lives. I remember being obsessed with this like Tarzan, uh, the animated movie CD-ROM game that like I got as just a promo when it was coming out. Yeah. But I it was that. basically like reskinning like, you know, the basic games that come with your compact. <laughs> yeah. You you know, just like bouncing a ball around like a Tetris like uh, thing, but it, instead of all the boxes had like Tarzan characters on it. There was this game I've not played it, but it's sort of the same example of this called I believe called Checks Quest that came with checks. Yes. Oh my I god! I love it. And and it was it was either Doom or Wolfenstein 3D, which is obviously a very violent game, but reskinned to be like you're like fighting soggy cereal or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing was, the game actually in a lot of people's minds became very like a big part of their childhoods because it was a way that they could play a first-person shooter. It was a very exciting new type of game, but if it was too violent, their parents wouldn't let them play it. Yeah. And so it had this real cult status, and I believe that the guy who made the original Chex Quest, someone interviewed him. I think they maybe they're doing a Kickstarter to bring it back or something. It's like, <laughs> it, is, it, ha, it has taken on a second life in the age of the internet because people all remember Chex Quest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had uh, I had Krusty's Funhouse on NES. I think I, I believe I still have my copy of it at my parents' house. Um, and it's actually an okay game, but it makes no sense as a Simpsons game. The premise is that Krusty, first of all, he has a fun house. I don't know if you know. <laughs> you've seen the Simpsons. That seems like a lot of work for him. It seems like yeah. he would just sign off on something and then walk away. It's like totally divorced from his actual character of yeah. like this sort of like old, you know, entertainer, like Jerry Lewis like type. I some you know. third party people brought in to develop it and they were like, he's a clown. He would have a fun house. Well, well so what it was, was it was this game called Rat Trap that was made for the Amiga that was this other game and it was reskinned to be sold as a Simpsons game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what and uh, so why they did it based on Krusty, who knows? The premise is that Krusty's funhouse is infested with rats. <laughs> and you have Amazing. to kill you have to kill the rats. And the rats have to be killed. It's the reason it's like not 
terrible. It's not good, but it's not terrible. Is instead of just being some half-ass like platforming thing, it's kind of like a Lemmings type game where the rats are like sort of coming out of this hole, out of these holes, and you have to indirectly get them to the destination by dropping blocks or like using other like you know wind tunnels or like switches <laughs> and things to get them to flip them to get them to go to well where they'll be murdered by Sideshow Bob is like standing there with a big mallet or there's like a there's like a character named like Corporal Punishment is that, is that from The Simpsons? Yeah, it's like yeah. a sidekick of Krusty's named Corporal Punishment. There's a couple other characters like that, um, uh, and it's, it's like it's fine. But as for why it would be Simpsons related, yeah. it's you well. Know, so that's you know, in terms of the question of like why Krusty, why rats, why all, <laughs> why anything, why? why us, why here, why this podcast? Oh well, that's a deeper I mean, question. That's, a deeper. that's that's for a bonus <laughs> Patreon episode. <laughs> But uh, so this again. So the first game came out in uh, ninety two or ninety one. Ninety one, yeah. And uh, so this is the ninth game, including uh, the Simpsons arcade game. So the eighth NES game. That is eight NES games in the span of one year. So from nineteen ninety one to nineteen ninety two, came out. Yeah. All of these yeah. came out. That's crazy and because it's it, and I. That's not my memory, but it's because it compresses because you're a child and you're a little kid. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so this is very clearly that NES has taken off and The Simpsons yep. is big and everyone is just like, we got to rush these out so that we can right. be a part of this trend. Yep. Like, this porn uh, schedule. And the games <laughs> are being, a, a lot of these early ones, I'm not sure if Krusty's Funhouse is, but a lot of these early ones are all by Acclaim and and uh, all of their games are so bad. Like Acclaim, I think, had some good NES games, mm-hmm. but like they would, you know, they were one of these companies that would just churn out these licensed yeah. games. And so like when I play them now, like I went back and I played Bart's Nightmare, which I believe is also a uh, an Acclaim game. This one's for the Super Nintendo. It's like, there's a good idea or two in there, but the execution is so half-assed and <laughs> terrible that like, so Bart's Nightmare the premise is, Bart is asleep, uh, he's fallen asleep doing a test and all his pages blew out the window and he's having a nightmare where he has to go find the pages of the uh, of the paper. And But then the, the first thing that happens is you're on this crazy Springfield street in Bart's Nightmare so all the trees are dancing and stuff and then there's like really bizarre almost like toe jam and earl style obstacles like Mm -hmm. lisa is flying around as a fairy and she'll turn you into a frog and you have to be a frog for a little bit an old lady (laughs) who kind of looks like the cat lady is trying to kiss you um the mailboxes are like jumping on you and stuff but it's like the goal is not explained you can like you have the ability to shoot watermelon seeds and bubble gum but it doesn't tell you (laughs) what the goal of either of shooting those would be and then you eventually find a page, you jump onto the page of the of the thing, and then you go to like a mini level where you're Indiana Jones or where you're swimming in a virus soup and you're blowing up viruses. And then each of those, there's some sort of like totally brand new mechanics. Like all the buttons do different things now. Oh, like God. you look totally different. When one of them you're like you're you're a giant Bart monster, like a giant Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And all the all the buttons do different things, and I I swear I played this game for about half an hour. I tried to figure out how to collect a page in one of these worlds because that was clearly the goal. I could not do it. I couldn't <laughs> figure it out. Like it was like there was no yeah. Th- there were th- th- the game does not give you the tools you need as a game player to <laughs> to understand even what you're supposed to be doing. And and so I was like, this is I don't know that like some of the sprite art is good. Some of the ideas are creative. You can see how it got through a pitch session 
with Matt Groening or whatever. It's, right. like, it's going to be Bart Snipper. It's going to be so visual. It'll be cool. But the execution of these is like uh, abysmal. Yeah. So bad. I was going to say that I think that by this point, they've probably learned their lesson just a little bit. I mean, they are still probably reskinning things, and yeah. which is such a weird matchmaker process, I can only imagine. Yeah. But like you get a lot of forgiveness with calling it Bart's Nightmare, I feel, with like the randomness of the world. Yeah. But even still, the fact that the controls change per level it's really is weird. fucking bananas. It's really bananas. They, it's built to fail. They want you to fail. And here's the reason, and there's a reason, this, this could segue to what I believe the only good game is. Um, because I think that the, I think there's a reason that movie tie-in games are always bad, mm-hmm. and it's because they uh, they only need you to buy it once, you know, um, yeah. because the the property does the work that normally normally if a game a game has to be good so that people tell each other oh this game is good you should buy one too you know word of mouth mm-hmm. the property just means the game will sell no matter how shitty it is and that's why but the there's one good Simpsons game I believe that has to stand on its own and that is the aforementioned Simpsons arcade game I really like I. I always loved the Simpsons arcade game, very, f- and that's because the Simpsons arcade game you got to keep putting quarters in. If it's totally yeah. inexplicable and you can't understand it, it's not going to make any money. So that game, I think, is really not, and I and I have played and enjoyed to this day. Mm-hmm. It uh, is, yeah, it is a great game. And for those that haven't played it before, it is dated and strange. You know, it did come out pretty early, and yes. uh, the the weapons that you would have are a little uh, offensive if you're a feminist. <laughs> Marge's weapon is a vacuum. I was going to say, please elaborate. Lisa's well, is a jump rope. Isn't Marge like a parody of a housewife? Right. No. It's her choice in the end. Okay. I love it. Just trying to know you're not weaseling out of this. No way. What's Homer's? A bowling ball? Uh, what is Homer? I think he Homer's. punches. Homer, but. Our producer just... Andrew has nodded his head, and if he's wrong, he's fired. Yeah. And then. Uh, uh, Bart, Bart uses a skateboard. Homer and... just Homer just beats the shit out of people <laughs> with his fist. Well, he strangles his own son. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the levels are weird because uh, they're kind of fighting against these suited corporate guys. Like you don't really that's, know. That's the funny thing is that <laughs> they throw the... fedoras at you, so I yeah. assume they're and redditors. It's not the blue-haired lawyer. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. That would be no. amazing. No, it's that's the thing is the, these games that and Bart versus the Space Beat, Those came out like, you know during the first few years, mm-hmm. so a lot of the tropes hadn't been established yet um, so there's like the main villains are like Mr. are like uh, uh, Mr. Burns and Smithers um, yes. which uh, totally makes sense um, the premise if I remember correctly is that Maggie this is okay so they have a diamond Mr. Burns and Smithers have a diamond and then through some like mix up the diamond like flies into the air and <laughs> lands in Maggie's mouth and she sucks it as a pacifier mm, right. and so as a result Mr. Smithers what would you do you would, you would take the diamond away from the baby, right? I would, Mr. Yeah. S- Smith, not Mr. Smithers, just Smithers. Smithers. Okay. So Smithers is his father. Smithers, yes. Mr. Smithers is my father's name. Please call me Smithers. Um, Smithers steals the whole baby. He kidnaps right. because there's a diamond in her mouth. She hasn't swallowed it. He doesn't She's, understand just, how babies work. He's a burned sexual. Just, he, 
<laughs> you just pull it out. So he steals Maggie, and so the rest of you have to have to save her. But but the thing is, yeah. So you're fighting these like these corporate sort of mob looking guys. Um, but here's my theory. I'm not sure about this. I should look this up. I love the, that as an intro to your theory. <laughs> the the game. I believe that some of the character designs were maybe involved Matt Groening more than some of these other games because mm-hmm. the thing is, um, the uh, uh, his one eared rabbit character is in the game. Binky is the character's name, right? I think so. Yeah, right? Life from Hell for the the, the Life in Hell one eared rabbit life in character. Hell, yeah, yeah. Um, and so that that character is it appears in the game a couple times, which to me means that like he must have been either the people who made the game were super fans, which wouldn't have been the case; it's only been on for a couple years, or like he was like contributing. Yeah, it felt mm-hmm. very mad. Yeah, and that and the th- that's the thing is that the what I really like about the game is it looks really, really, really good. It does, and the character designs of these new characters look even though it's like okay, some mob guy I've never seen before. They look like he would have designed them. They look they look like real, real, real Simpsons characters to me. And the game was fun and hard. Yes. Um, and uh, you're we're getting a note that the bowling ball was a a boss in one of the levels. Cool. Um, uh, was it the bowling ball was a boss? You guys aren't thinking of the of the of a giant crusty balloon. Um, so that I remember, like they would have bonus, you know, after level, yeah. you have to just hit the mash the button as quickly yes. as possible yes. to inflate these balloons, yes. and then you oh, get yeah. an extra life. Yeah. Um. So who remembers how the game ends, or who knows how the game ends? You know, I remember one year my for my birthday. This is like the best birthday present ever. You go to the arcade, and then mom gives you quarters until you've beaten the game, which you've never had the ability. Which is obviously you well, and your my friends. mom didn't have that much money. It's only, it's like, <laughs> Forty bucks to beat a right, game, right, right. but it was like so we That's did. Very sweet. We did beat it once, but I don't remember how it ended. I do remember beating it being a big deal for me, though. Well, first of all, congratulations! I've never beaten the game. I think I've maybe gotten to like a third or four. I've probably gotten to. Like well, a these games, level. arcade games, the bad side of them is they're designed to like suck your quarters away. Like you can't, oh, you can't beat them on one quarter. It's literally impossible. Which, which yeah. of course reminds us of the Wayne's World Noah's Arcade talking about the gelatinous yeah. cube and just yeah, saying yeah. these kids keep pumping quarters and little <laughs> they know. <laughs> uh, movie. Me too. Gosh. Mm-hmm. Um, so the ending of, of this uh, game is uh, as, as Adam expressed, you had, uh, you know, you had to save Maggie. And once the family does save Maggie from Smithers, um, Homer then breaks the fourth wall and tosses the diamond to the player. Really? <laughs> yeah. And then roll credits. <laughs> yep. And then it's done. <laughs> he doesn't. He's he's such a money chaser. He didn't want to somehow. Uh, it's very generous of him. I yeah. suppose. I was going to suggest that it ends with Dr. Marvin Monroe staging a family intervention, but then you know yeah. that was a missed opportunity. They were also very fun. I believe the characters had like team up animations where you could like roll. You know, like like. Uh, uh, oh yeah. Homer would like pick up Lisa and she'd uh-huh. be on a show. Shoulders, or Homer and Marge would like roll into a ball and stuff like that. Yeah. There are a lot of really nice inventive things. It was yeah. kind of like Mortal Kombat a little bit in the way that it was set up, right? Or am I? No, it was no, it was a it was a left to right side scrolling fighter oh, game. Okay, yeah. See, I'm the wrong person to even make that. <laughs> no, no, but it, it was it was so much fun. It it definitely 
compared in terms of like uh, difficulty and fun and like what you'd get for a quarter right. to any other arcade game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it was one of the, it looked it was one of the best looking games in the arcade. It still is, I think, if you were to see one yeah. live, you know. And it was a really fun. And the fun thing about it was it was a four player simultaneous game, which is really really fun for an arcade. Another mm-hmm. one that was really popular back then was the X Men game. It's very similar. Oh, I remember. Yeah, um, where you're you're like oh, I'll be Cyclops, you be Nightcrawler or whatever. And um, so it was fun that if you had four friends, each of you would get get to be one of the members of the Simpsons and then you're all going left to right together and of course you're going to die but Mm -hmm. you're mashing buttons and stuff like that but it was like it was a very fun format you know side-scrolling beat-em-up game and uh, and just because the fit and finish on it is so good it has the same problems all those games have where like it sucks up your quarters there's no real strategy you just hit things until you die and then you put more money in but because the fit and finish looks so good and the graphics look so good and it's like done with care and I think has that little touch of authentic Simpsons charm in it. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Which is what all the other games lack, you know? There's this game, there's a South Park game that came out a couple years ago that people love. Very, I, I played a bit of it. South Park, the Stick of Truth, and the the uh, the appeal of the game came up for Xbox 360. The appeal of the game is that it looks exactly like a South Park episode, um, and then the dialogue is like written almost exactly like a, like a South Park episode. You can tell that Trey and Matt were like involved. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, I you know I found it was it's an RPG. I didn't finish it. I got a little bored, but I was like, hey, the fact that this is so true to the source material and captures what's great about it. That's what makes it a really, really good adaptation. Uh, and The Simpsons has never had that in a video game. I think the arcade game is the closest that, it, that it's gotten. So, uh, one, I, I agree with you up until recently uh, because The Simpsons Hit and Run is one of my favorite games of all time. I've never played it, actually. I can't recommend it enough. I'm sure you could get it so cheap. Uh, but it was an Xbox game that came out in 2002, I think. Um, was it sort of around Grand Theft Auto? Is that... Yeah, it definitely Definitely had a bit of a Grand Theft Auto feel. Um, it, you know, looking back on the plot, I just looked it up on Wikipedia, and they describe it in a way that kind of does make it seem a little wacky, a little bit kind of reminiscent of these NES. Like somehow there are aliens involved. What, <laughs> yeah. what you're really doing is driving around, knocking into things, getting, you know, the option of like ten different cars that have existed in the game Fun. or in the TV show. Like you get to drive the car that Homer invents with his brother. Yeah, it definitely oh, feels like the, um, Grand Theft Auto. I wish I could remember the name of the car. And and uh, yeah, and uh, it it is just such a fun game, and I really can't recommend it enough because you're going through. It kind of takes that virtual Springfield to the next level because you're driving, which is one. It's really fast. It feels like Crash Bandicoot. Like mm-hmm. it has like this feeling. The jokes are really funny. Matt Selman wrote it. Um, it just has so much to it. Uh, but that leads us to our next break and we actually have a question for you for uh, you to tell us on Twitter. If you could have developed a Simpsons game, uh, what would it be? What would you call it? Would it be uh, a sequel to Bart and the Beanstalk? <laughs> would it be uh, you know, t- tell us uh, at I Simpsons Pod. Oh, Julia. Yeah, yeah. I would do uh, like a Sonic and Tales kind of thing, but um, with Nelson and Martin from uh, Lemon of Troy. Yes. So it's just Martin following Nelson singing, Hail to the middle, Nelson. I can't remember the lyrics. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, So listeners, let us know. We're going to take a quick break. What a great break. I had a hell of a break. Oh, that was really good. I took a nap. <laughs> I needed I one. Done that. Uh, so after after this game, um, I you know, I never played it, but Tapped Out is considered yeah. one of the more popular and uh, addictive games. Um, we're going to have to at some point do a bonus episode 
all about these specific games that we didn't mention today. Um, Adam, did you ever play Tapped Out? I never played Tapped Out. Uh, see, I, know I came in here claiming I was some kind of expert when I only <laughs> I think wanted, I called you an I expert. Only, I only <laughs> wanted to talk about games from 1991. <laughs> you know what? As far as our podcast goes, that's par for the course. Can, <laughs> I, can I just say, you guys talk about talk about this on the show. Um, uh, I, I want to know more about Tapped Out, but, but one of the things that fascinates me about these games is uh, this the early merchandising for The Simpsons is so like weird and off model. You can tell yeah. that like they didn't, you know, that like you know, Graining didn't have that much control over it. That like there wasn't that much oversight, right. and so early. Early Simpsons stuff is like off of what The Simpsons actually was. Like I remember when I was a kid, at like the height of when it was just a fad to have Simpsons stuff. I had a purple backpack with little Homer Simpson heads on it, and they had little speech bubbles. And he was saying stuff like, "Like the people were like, pardon my French," <laughs> and like yeah. that's not something that Homer ever said. I had the same thing. Um, I got these uh, coffee mugs at a swap meet years ago, where there it was like three coffee mugs, and one has Marge holding up a plate of like what looks like gruel like gray gruel and she she says I made it myself <laughs> and then another one that just says nuclear family and it has like a little uh, Adam symbol yeah. on it and, and something else but oh yeah, cowabunga dude whatever but yeah. I made it myself that I've just always bumped on that and I think because in early Simpsons I mean they you know paved the way there was no other besides I guess Flintstones we talked yeah. about like primetime animation show so I think that they were really operating on, uh, on an old business model of how you can promote a show like that and not quite knowing what that was. So they were maybe dipping a little bit more into this is a cartoon, so maybe it is a little bit more of a kid show. Therefore, merchandise for kid show stuff needs to be this. And there's, of course, the whole thing about like Bart I imagine you guys must have talked on the show at some point about like the weird marketing of Bart as like this Almost like every rude dude, <laughs> uh, you know that the bad boy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, Hellraiser. But, but yeah, the whole thing was was just like there's all these weird fixations that the people making the licensed products would would have, like like Bartman. Like a couple of these games are like it's like Bartman meets Radioactive Man, and it's like I couldn't. How many seconds of The Simpsons <laughs> I know. do you ever see Bartman or Radioactive Man? Like a total of like fifteen. <laughs> seconds of either of those or characters ever. Bartman in general. You know? It's like they latch on to one thing maybe outside of The Simpsons thinking that it would be a thing and then yeah. like, oh, I can wrap my head around that. I can make a Bartman mask. I can make a Bartman lunchbox. I can do this. You yes. know, and it just feels like they ran with it. It's like, it's like, oh, he can, he can, Bartman can fly and then he's gonna, yeah. like, what? this is has nothing to do with <laughs> what anybody likes about the about the show. It's such a strange, I'm, I'm, I'm just fascinated by, uh, by that. that. Yeah. That makes me think of uh, other things where uh, there, you know, uh, in current age, you know, we have a lot of people that will do like uh, like hip hop. What is the, there was a name for this, but uh, there was a, there's a style of music that uses it's like trance that uses like Simpsons like stuff happening oh. with it. And it's like, people will send me these like things that very very loosely include the Simpsons or they'll use the Simpsons family members and then they'll make them look demented and evil or they'll yeah. show you know they'll have the likenesses of the Simpsons but doing evil things or recreating scary movies and um, I appreciate when people send it to me because they're thinking of me and that's nice <laughs> but I don't like the Simpsons just because how they look I like them because they're <laughs> funny and written by great writers and right, have heart right. and good stories I don't necessarily relate to a drawing as much as I do the character. So when it doesn't have all 
elements of The Simpsons. Yeah. It doesn't really do anything, anything for well, me. Well, it's so many things. You know, The Simpsons has become so big, and it means so many things to so many different people, you know? And so, like, I often think about, like, when, you know, when, when uh, uh, you know, for instance, I like Sherlock Holmes. I'm a Sherlock Holmes fan. I read all the stories, you know? And and so when the, you know, the BBC show came out, I was yeah. like, oh, my God, this is so good. Oh, they get it. They get Sherlock Holmes. And then, like, the U.S. show came out. I was like, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> they don't understand Sherlock Holmes. And I was like, I'm mad that she's a woman. And I was like, is that a little sexist? I'm like, no, no, no. It's because it's about a relationship between two friends who are not sexually interested in each other. And I know they're going to do will, they won't. And I think that's bullshit. I, I, that was, this was five years ago. I was, now <laughs> so I wouldn't care. So referencing the Benny Cumbie Sherlock and um, the, uh, what's her name, uh, Elementary yeah. Right. Well, the the one the 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 network elementary. one. Yeah, ele- yeah. elementary. Yes. I think is what it's called. That's what. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. And so, but that's because I had a specific idea in my mind about like here's here's why I like it and here's what about it I specifically think is yeah. good. And that's how people always feel about these properties. Like, no, no, no. Batman doesn't do that. Batman is good because. And then someone's got their little essay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The you ruined my childhood. Yeah. Moment. And right. that's very true and real that they've like figured out wait here's the chemical composition that's at the core of this thing that I love I could go on and on about like what's the difference between a real Metroid game and a not real Metroid game for instance you know Um, but like you have to accept that's only a tiny bit of what the thing is to people and that like the the show exists on like a on like an iconic you know mega cultural level and that's what it is you know like obviously I'm with you I like the writing I like the specific little you know like that classic, you know, what is it, four or five years of like the best writers' room in the history of TV? Yeah. Um, obviously, that's what I like about <laughs> it, but but that's not what everybody else likes about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like also uh, we always talk about like early Simpsons and Bart Mania, and it is always at least felt for me something that existed outside of the show itself. Like it was yeah. really more of like this marketing choice of like, you know, it's it's almost an argument against a network trying to box in what a show is. You know, when you pitch them shows now, it's like you always hear questions like, well, well who is this show? Like, who is the show? What is just what is this show about? Who are we tuning in for? And I feel like early Simpsons, they somehow decided that that was going to be Bart, that it wasn't going to be about the family. <laughs> yeah. Again, this is existing outside of the show itself because we know that James L. Brooks and Matt Groening and everybody, Sam Simon, wanted it to be a show about this family. But for some reason, some outsider was like, I don't care about the family. I'm only <laughs> seeing this little Hellraiser underachiever and proud of it because they can sell T-shirts. And I think that also speaks again to it being, you know, sort of like <laughs> like misunderstood as a more youthful show than it was. Mm-hmm. Even though it bridges the gaps between generations, but I just, it, it's always felt like, and also I think that they're operating on the business model um, set forth by Star Wars and the yeah. Star Wars merchandise meaning and Beatlemania of like oh we just we just cross boxes we just do this and we don't even think about like what these t-shirts mean I mean I get why it happens you know like because with these properties it's like just talk about video games it's like Mario right Mario as an image is more important almost than anything Mario specifically does and like the Simpsons was sort of trying to do the same thing never quite successfully got there uh, to be as, but it's almost it's pretty much you know it's on that level of everybody knows what those characters look like the funny part though is that Bart was eventually supplanted by Homer 
Homer in terms of who's the more iconic I character. Know. Homer's not the more iconic character. That's like if Mario had started and Mario was the big deal <laughs> and then 20 years later everyone's like, no, it's Toad. Toad is, <laughs> I think Toad is the one everyone loves. <laughs> yeah, but Toad is even better. Yeah, we tune in for Toad. <laughs> Toad's funny. on all the t-shirts, you know. That's like, hilarious. Um, I do wish that there had been Marge Mania. I think yeah. that would have been such a different world. <laughs> I actually think about this very argument but in a slightly different context that I'm kind of exhausted by Star Wars Mania just in general like when The Force yeah. Awakens came out I was just like I couldn't go to the grocery store without walking down any aisle and having yes. it be like Star right Wars there. SpaghettiOs everything Star Wars <laughs> and it just it just made me feel really icky and it made me also think like what if there was an alternate reality where Close Encounters of the Third Kind became the Star Wars right? <laughs> yeah I actually because they're both comparable movies as far as like strength and merit goes but like for some reason yeah. this Star Wars thing took off well I, they, they yeah. made it take off that way you know yeah. yeah I uh this this always makes me think of taste in terms of like object objectivity versus subjectivity and obviously as we all know because we're enlightened your taste is correct yes thank you <laughs> no taste is obviously subjective and it's you know that's the truth but is it because if I was obs- if I was as obsessed with like because uh, like I'm obsessed with peewee right yeah if I was as obsessed with Pee-wee, like having toys all over my house, like wanting to dress with Mr. Bean, wouldn't people think I'm weird? Like, wouldn't yeah. people be like, what's your deal? Like, if I was obsessed with Mr. Bean and instead of The Simpsons, it was, you know, something not as beloved, people would be like, what is your, what is with you? If you were obsessed with the oblongs, you had like just oblong fever. Yeah, yeah. Like, or yeah. like, you know, a weird Hanna-Barbera cartoon or something. Like people would be like, but you know, huh. I know yeah. people are, there are people of course of that course. are that have those kind of like yes. secret obsessions and, and they can be like an island of one with it. Um, but there's something like interesting that it it's socially seen as being contrarian because you're not part of like the whole conversation you're yeah. not part of the crowd yeah. I felt that way um, about Hamilton um, oh yeah you just saw it what you I think? just saw it um, so alright I again like so what I was saying like uh, <laughs> I, I get easily exhausted by everyone and their mom being like this is the best thing yeah. ever like just you know well it makes it was, really hard to like it I was frustrated yeah. because I couldn't see it so I was living yeah. in LA and people were like you would love this listen to the soundtrack I'm like I'm sure I would love it I want to see it yeah Right. I don't want to listen to the soundtrack. Same. I want to, but I'm, I can't fly to New York. I'm not going to fly to New York and go see it. So I'll just wait until I can see it. Now it's in LA. You know, I should go look at tickets because I want, because I would like Adam, to see it Adam, let's go. One day. I haven't listened to it. I haven't seen it. Julia yeah. just went. Oh, great. Oh, great. Yeah, uh, but I just, the whole day, and I, now I feel slightly embarrassed, but I was like at work kind of openly, playfully, but like making fun of it. Just like, you know, singing what I assumed the songs would be <laughs> in a Beastie Boys voice of just like, my name is Hamilton. I don't give a damn Drop the constitutional rights. What an asshole. Yeah, I think at one point I went, ribbity rap rap rip rap revolution. Oh my God. Anyway, I openly did that in my office space with many cubicles and listening ears. And my one of my coworkers particularly was very upset because they were, they're obsessed with Hamilton and they don't have tickets to go see it. And I want to also back up. Uh, I'm not like some some rich. Did you win fat the lottery? Cat. No, no, no. I got um, a Pantages season pass, which came with um, the yeah. tickets to Hamilton. Uh, so anyway, so is it, it that hard of a ticket in LA too now? It is now, wow. yeah. But you know, yeah, I. 
Everyone should I'll get a time machine and go back. Wait for the fucking touring community theater version. Yes, it's yes. fine. Or At I'll the buy Cupcake it, Theater in uh, North Hollywood. I'll buy it on DVD. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to see the. You know, I just want. I just want to see it. But yeah. Julia, anyway, what do you think? yeah. So, so also, I will say, my husband Mike, we were both kind of openly making fun of it in the same way. So we kind of walked in in the same way. Uh, we feel similarly about people pushing things down our throats. We go five minutes in. I turn to him and I go. Okay, it's pretty great. All right, it's pretty good. And then I proceeded to say the most obvious statements. Afterward, I go, you know, you could tell they really workshopped this. <laughs> they really were. They made some interesting choices. Yeah, it was really good. But I will also say, so I did listen to the soundtrack once before, and like found some songs that I liked. But yeah. then seeing it, there's a whole element that you're missing by not seeing the visuals of it. Like there's yeah. a lot of stagecraft that goes into you know this rotating floor and whatever, and it's sung through. And I think that that benefits from that whatever <laughs> hamilton's good i'm sure it's good um uh, something something that i was just re- can i can i rewind very quickly oh, please. So, something i was just reminded of because with other shows where this happened the same thing as the simpsons where they didn't the marketing didn't get it at first uh my uh friend Raphael is the creator of bojack horseman my girlfriend lisa is the designer of bojack so, horseman. so good. i do a couple voices on the show too uh, so i'm like a little bit i'm a little you know my sister tangential. worked on bojack horseman your sister worked yeah, on bojack she, horseman? Uh, well she did she was a background artist on it and then oh, i know my calling then. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, Mike Collinsworth, director. Yeah, um, and so that show there was a little bit of a similar thing at the very beginning where it was like Bojack. He's a horse who drinks. <laughs> like he's a rude. Dep- Have you seen yeah. Archer? It's that, but a horse. Like oh, it's just like no, it's so complex yeah. and nuanced and d- about that, depression. But it took a little while to figure that out for the show to figure that out, and then separately for the marketing to figure that out. So like the first couple episodes are a little bit just like he's a drunk horse who you know he's just a little bit of an asshole um, and. Uh, Rick and Morty is the exact same thing, where yeah. it's just like Rick is the exact same as the horse, and then it's just kind of like, well, there's more to it, though. Yes. Yeah. You. It takes a while to find out. It's hard to, to pitch out. nuance in a one sheet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then the marketing is like, we know what this is, you know? And so I remember there being a lot of, I remember at least talking about like, oh, the uh, uh, social media at the beginning was, it was always a fight with the, so, not a fight, but you know, it's like, you got to educate those folks of like, hey, it's not just about, you know, uh, about the horse throwing up on celebrities. <laughs> You know, and stuff like that. Like, it's not just about, I'm a rude, fucked up horse. Like, yeah. let me do some PCP with Mick Jagger. I'm a horse or whatever. Like, it was a little bit that. And then they figured out, like, oh, okay, it's about depression. How do we sell that? Right, fuck? right. You know? Yeah. Well, I'm glad that, you know, they sort of stuck with it and got more seasons so that they could sort of dig deeper and have oh, episodes yeah. like the underwater episode, which and, is now getting and such then, critical acclaim. And then by the, yeah, by the end of season two, people were all on board with it and they had all figured out. I was like, oh, okay. This is like, this is a half. This is like a dramedy almost, you Definitely, know. And it's yeah. like, we, and now everyone gets in. And now the marketing is very much like about that, you know, yeah. about that tone, and that it's going to be something deeper than that. So it's so nerve wracking uh, to like pitch a show, sell a show, make a show, and have every step. It's like you shoot it or you make it an animation, and then it hinges in the edit. So you're just quietly <laughs> nervous during the edit, and then it hinges on the marketing. So you're just, it's like yeah. I can only imagine just like every step of the way, just. Yes. You can't breathe. Uh, so just to bring it back to The Simpsons, Adam, I we know you're a fan. Um, thank you for talking about this uh, topic with us. It's really Please. fun to kind of break the format and get yeah, to talk yeah. about this. Uh, but to bring it back to what we always do, uh, is there a character on The Simpsons that you relate to the most? Oh, God. Um, a character on The Simpsons? I didn't. I, I hadn't prepared for that. No, that's good, because then it's going to be honest and yeah. raw. It could be a core family member or, you know, mm. like a Springfieldian. 
Or mm. maybe is there a video game that you think represents <laughs> yeah! you? Look at you. No, no, no. no I want to talk about, I want it to be about The Simpsons. I want it to be about The Simpsons. Um, Simpsons. I wanted to be, I love that tone. <laughs> I, want, no, I want to talk about The Simpsons. All right, here's $40 worth of quarters. Go play your fucking game. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, you know, it's hard. It's a little hard pressed for me to, to think of exactly one, you know. I was always a little bit like, um, you know, my my relationship with Bart and Lisa was always a, a kind of a strange one because like I was, um, it's weird because I was a kid with ADD. I had like you know serious, I would say serious ADD, and you know like behavioral, you know people, you know I was like a real handful, and I had mm. and I got a lot of shit for it, you know, um, and so like those episodes where it's like. Um, you know, Bart is uh, is trying to be a better person, yes. and tr- and tr- you know what I mean, and, and 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 like trying to to learn or or you know coming up against his own limitations and like failing, and people are having low expectations of him. You know, Definitely. those like hit me. Those the, a lot of those would hit me pretty hard. You know, um, uh, and then but then similarly, you know, like uh, 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 I th- I think Lisa's personality so so first of all like the sort of like fuck up versus the grind you know sort of like dichotomy was very much like me and my sister you know where uh you know i sort of got a lot more attention um but she was the good one and i was the bad one and you know etc uh, so there's that element of it, like it's very, very much uh, our our dynamic. But then also that thing of her being, you know, the only the only sane one in the in the crazy world is also so relatable to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I also feel like Lisa would be the most likely to host Adam ruins everything if you quit tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a similar. I mean, now that I'm thinking of it, because because you know the the secret of my character on Adam ruins everything is that the character is, you know, right but also wrong. You're smart but also dumb. You know, like, um, uh, can correct people and then is corrected. You know, that it's that there's constant status switch. You know, he's he, he's going to tell you why you're wrong but also he's going to be a, a, a dumbass. You're going to make fun of him. You're going to be right. You know, and when I, a couple years ago when I started watching Cheers for the first time or I, as an adult, you yes, know, I used to watch it in reruns as a kid mm-hmm. and then I watched it as an adult and I was like, oh, this show's even better than I remembered. It's yeah. perfect. I feel yes. like everybody has that similar awakening in like their mid to late it's 20s. It's a perfect show. You it's know? the perfect show. It lined up with Netflix. And as a kid, for some reason, I was like Kirstie Alley better. But then watching it as as an adult, I liked you know I liked Diane much better because she is she is such a perfect character where she she's really is. she's right and she's wrong. She's saying something that's correct, but also when everyone says shut up, they're correct yeah. in saying that to her. Yeah, yeah. And so that I'm realizing now that's very much the Lisa Simpson thing as well, Definitely. where it's like the thing that stuck with me. I will never see Gaspacho. <laughs> Without thinking about the gazpacho, I go back to Russia. Uh, (laughs) I literally had gazpacho. My my girlfriend's mom made gazpacho, and we were talking about that episode. And it's so it's so funny for her to be like, "I want people to stop eating meat and have that sincere desire," and be like, "I made gazpacho and served iced uh, cold." (laughs) Yeah, and they're all like, "What?" 
what the fuck? And they're correct. <laughs> of course. Yeah. They are correct yeah, no that she that. is this, being weird. Th- yeah. They are correct. And it's her consistent miscalculation of like <laughs> what, you know, everyone else is going to want or need from her. Similar to Summer of Forfeit 2 when she's like, I'm in all the clubs. I should be the most popular person. I was just about to say that. Yeah. That's exactly mm. right. Like my, my math works out, but she's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that. I mean, I love this is a sign of a really strong character. The writer's giving wiggle room to that character and not yeah. having it be hard and fast rules because that's so boring. Yes. Yeah. I, I want the fallibility to be there. Um, but yeah, that thing of like, like Bard is like almost the most tragic <laughs> yeah. character uh, in, a, in his way, you know. He's kind of sentenced to a certain corner of life. Yeah. And I think that his despair comes from the self-awareness of that, whether or not he can articulate it into words. Yeah. That he's aware that he's destined to be a slacker lo- loser. Unless yeah. you play the video games, in which case, <laughs> he's the hero. Wow, look at you. <laughs> Adam- that beautiful transition. <laughs> Fuck. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. Oh, thank you for having I'm sorry we never drove it back to tap tapped out. The thing is, listeners, I've never played it. The reason is, <laughs> I don't... you never played it? Never in my life, and I never will, because I get addicted to things so much. Mm-hmm. I, I have zero games on my phone I will never have a phone game other than like Twitter because I get addicted. I can't handle you it. You just need the right. You just need the right game. I feel this so strongly. Okay. Is that yeah. people say? Um, people say I can't have games because I'm addicted to them. I'm like, look, for me, when I'm consumed in a game and I'm and I'm really all about it, and it's a good game, that's the best experience. I, yeah. I forget myself, and you can gain so much from it. But there are games that will try to suck people in, and they'll do it in a negative way. You know. Mm-hmm. So Lisa was friends, and she was playing the Kim Kardashian game, and she was like, oh, it's, uh, it's I'm so addicted to it, you know? Uh, Adam's Lisa, not yeah. Lisa Simpson. My My own Lisa, sorry. <laughs> she was playing the Kim Kardashian game, and she was like spending money on it. She was like, oh, I feel addicted to this. I hate it. And I was like, look, I need to get you. I got a copy of Animal Crossing for the 3DS, which is... I have a rap song about that that I sing on. You guys can look it up on YouTube. You say, about Animal Crossing? <laughs> yeah. I want wow. to hear. Mm-hmm. Well, so I got her that game, and it was so... It, that game is so fulfilling and so kind and joyous, and it's not trying to take advantage of you, and it's trying to give you a genuinely positive experience and so that's what I try to that's what I try to tell people is don't be scared you just need you just need a game that is worthwhile to absorb yourself in sure yeah that's true it's just that when I spend like when I got Skyrim again and I I once Mm. got rid of my Xbox because I became so like you know I became too obsessed I I got rid of it Uh, I've had to do that with myself with games too I've had to delete them yeah yeah I you know it's hard people are drowning right now (laughs) oh boy but still Skyrim, when I was playing it again, I, I like disappeared for like a few weeks and like it's super yeah. fun. But uh, you know, the yeah. phone I think maybe scares me, but maybe I'll try it with Tapped Out. People love it. Listeners, let us know what your favorite Simpsons game is uh, in addition to what the game would be if you were to create it yourself. Uh, and then, Adam, where can people find all your stuff in addition to Adam Ruins Everything? Uh, Adam Ruins Everything on True TV, uh, 10 p.m. on Tuesdays. Um, and, uh, <laughs> You've said that before. Uh, at, Adam, at Adam Conover on Twitter, and uh, you can watch me. I stream video games all the time at twitch.tv slash Adam Conover. I, I do it whenever. No set schedule, just whenever I uh, I can. I'm streaming Dark Souls right now. Awesome. Um, and that's really fun. I'm trying to get people to come watch that. So Very cool. Oh, fun. And then, Julia, where can people find you online? Oh, thanks so much for asking. Um, I'm at Julia Prescott on all the things. Allie, where can people find you? Oh, you can find me at Allie Curtis <laughs> on all the things. Oh, wow. Ooh, you can find us at Simpsons Pod and everything's coming up at Simpsons at gmail.com and on Patreon. Yeah. And then email us everything's coming up simpsons at gmail.com with um you know your stories your comments your 
maybe not corrections, <laughs> but everything else. <laughs> you can just send them to me. <laughs> yeah, you just DM us. <laughs> uh, and then we will see you next week. All right. Bye. Smell you later. Feral Audio.